you know, in the next decade, AI will definitely change how marketing is done fundamentally and what it, what it even means, right? There are many things that will affect the way in which we trade. We believe in free trade. So how do you use generative AI to co-pilot certain things that we do so that it makes us to be better leaders? We are Smart OSC. This is Commerce Talk, the podcast that keeps you one step ahead. I'm your host, Aziz Oburn, and today we are looking back in order to move forward. Across this entire season, we have asked our guests what emerging trends they're keeping a close eye on for the future. And today we are bringing you some of the main trends to watch out for as you head into 2024 and beyond. From leadership, sustainability, cybersecurity, marketing, AI, global logistics, payments, and more. This episode will keep you at the forefront of some of Southeast Asia's biggest trends, with thanks to some of this region's biggest minds. Earlier this year, we spoke to T. Shayakul, the country director for Stripe Thailand, who, alongside his team, was responsible for launching Stripe in Thailand just last year. Together, we explored the complexity of tomorrow's customers, subscription models, and more. Here's what he had to say. A couple of things that I would highlight is that a lot of the transactions that we see right now is basically just a simple payment processing way that you go in, you check out, you buy the stuff. And there's going to be a lot more companies that want to do more complex payment needs for their customers. And when you say complex, I mean things like subscription. Instead of you having to buy everything every month, you can actually give them the peace of mind of the utility. I.e., I want a water purifier. I don't have to buy a, a water purifier myself, right? I can just pay, say, 200 baht, and then I get that water purifier plus all the maintenance. So instead of me buying asset, I now buy utility from that. We've seen a lot of those subscription usages coming up worldwide. It's going to go up by five times in the next 10 years. And I think that in Thailand, we're going to start to see a lot more of that. Similarly, marketplaces where you're connecting buyers and the sellers, we see a lot more of that in e-commerce, basically from, from just a retail e-commerce, but potentially a lot more users are going to start to want to do that in their little ecosystem as well. So many of those complex use cases are going to start coming up to satisfy and it's going to require a lot more complex payment processing to help out as well. Second one that I want to highlight also is cross-border payments. You want to buy stuff from the US or you want to buy stuff from, from Australia. Right now, for some website, it can be relatively straightforward, but from others, you still have to jump through a lot of hoops. You may have to end up basically just using some payment processing that you don't even trust, that you don't know whether they're actually going to steal your money or not. You may actually have to pay very high payment fees. It's very difficult to get a refund or whatever it is. There's a lot of issues that come from trying to transact overseas. And from the merchant side, Thai merchants, have a lot of amazing service and products that is ripe to go overseas. How easy would it be for them to accept money from overseas without a lot of the issues, a lot of the effects that they need to think about, a lot of the customs, the number of issues that those merchants have to deal with are also countless. So being able to make all of that simple is going to be a lot of 
focus is for Stripe, and I'm sure a lot of other processors worldwide as well. I would say maybe two. I think one, obviously, is what we wake up every day. <laughs> and every other day, there is obviously an email, or every other day, there is something in LinkedIn or whatever that talks about generating AI. <laughs> and almost to the extent of too much, I mean, the way I look at generative AI is, is it's not going to replace human beings. It's going to be complementary to what we do, and especially in the marketing field. So how do you use generative AI to co-pilot certain things that we do so that it makes us to be, you know, better leaders, better market ma- marketeer, and actually look that as as a up, upweighting uh, our skill set. That's, that's how I, I see generative AI. The other thing which, you know, in terms of hey, emerging trend is that I feel that the world is becoming more and more global, but also at the same time, more and more local. What do I mean by that? Um, more and more global because we, COVID taught us um, how the world immediately changed because of just one health crisis and the speed of how you know economic environment shift really really quickly and and i think there will be global trends that will not um that many economies and many corporate continue to be really faced with for example like sustainability and climate change and brands need to really respond to you know all these global trends and 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 stay ahead of the curve Diversity and inclusion also is, is also again a global trend that you really need needs to. But the interesting thing is, countries will become more local. What, what do I mean by that? They will have their diverse diversification of local needs. For example, China will take its own form, um, and then you have you know you have the EMEA by itself. Then you have Asia, which you know have have different issues. So then the challenge for marketers and leaders is. How do you interlock between global and local? How do you have global consistency? You have to decide really clear what do you want to be say global and what is the freedom within the global framework? And then how do you get with the speed of communication and decision and the intersection between the global and local um comes are more critical. So that's the that's the second trend that I see. I think the third one might link to your next question, which is choose one on leadership. And, and to be fair, I have to honestly confess that I don't have the answer. And I'm learning on a daily, yeah, I'm learning on a daily basis, which is, hey, how do you build leaders? And how do you become a leader that is resilient, able to cope with this constantly buka and turbulent world? You know, how do you build leaders to become be, become one of that? And I think, and I think there's an opportunity out there for any consultant. Who can look at, you know, leadership helping corporate really, you know, build leadership skills around that because the world is moving so fast with AI, global, local, blah blah blah. Every day, everything is changing. So sometimes we wake up, we did it. Oh my God, my next day something new is happening. You know. So then, how do you deal with? How do you have leaders that literally deal with? Hey, it's okay. I let go. Empty my, empty my vessel today. Empty my negativism and I start again. Empty my negativism and I start again. How do you deal with that? And I think that's that's going to be a fantastic opportunity for consultants out there to to look into this. That was Su Ting Fu, the global head of brand and insights at HP 
who alongside a lot of global leaders that we spoke to this year is intrigued by the topic of leadership. How to create leaders and what it takes to become a leader for tomorrow is something that will probably become a bigger conversation and focus in 2024. Su Ting Fu's episode was all about human-centered growth and purpose and is definitely one to listen to. Su Ting also touched on the intersection of generative AI and marketing, which is something that has been in every single day conversation, no matter where you look, uh, which takes us to our next guest, Mei Li. Mei Li has worked with and nurtured some of the world's biggest brands, including Walt Disney Company, L'Oreal, Dyson, Alibaba Group, Condé Nast, and so much more. She is now a partner at Boston Consulting Group, and she shared with us her thoughts on AI with marketing and more. So this is my personal opinion. These are my personal interests. Uh, first emerging trend is the marriage of marketing and AI. This is a trend that I have actually started looking into five years ago. In fact, I even applied to a PhD program with the thesis of leveraging AI to solve the future of marketing. And um, and that was something that I, I already put my bet on five years ago. So it will continue to be a bet that I will make in the, into the future. The, you know, I think the way that marketing has been done and how it's done with the, with technology today have um, been fantastic. It, it has gotten a lot of businesses to where they are today and it, you know, bridge the gap between brands and consumers. But I think in this, you know, in the next decade, AI will definitely change how marketing is done fundamentally and what it, what it even means, right? And how do you do responsible marketing with AI in a way that actually is not invasive, right? And so I think that's something that I, I find super fascinating, super interesting. So that's something I'm definitely going to continue to pay a lot of attention to as a, as a trend and as a topic to learn. The second trend that I am um, super fascinated by is consumer activities cross borders. I think that a lot of us work within our borders. So, like, if I'm if I'm selling something, right, I I focus on like selling in my country or in in my region. But I think in the future there will be a lot of activities and cross border uh, commerce between U.S., Southeast Asia, Asia, Middle East, etc to bring the world together and uh, through commerce. So a lot of the trends that we see in Southeast Asia, I expect will get exported out to the U.S. And a lot of things, that, a lot of innovations that come from Southeast Asia, I also expected to actually leave Southeast Asia and continue to grow and make an impact outside of SEA into other countries. So I think there will be a lot of cross-border type of activities and innovations happening. And that's something that um, I'm really excited about. Yeah, and even if we look at the point of view of consumers, I think you're bang on there because uh, from our point of view, from what we see, there are no boundaries, there is no borders in the digital space. Yeah. What we consume, how we have access to everything worldwide. Exactly. So it's very interesting and I think very beneficial for businesses, for marketeers, for leaders to look at it in that way as well in the future that, you know, the way we view things is without border without boundary um going into then the future business leaders of tomorrow if we look at that toolkit again that toolbox in light of these trends or possible emerging trends what do you think are some of the most important 
tools for business leaders to pack in that tool by, <laughs> toolkit uh, heading into these emerging trends and potentially other emerging trends? Mm. Um, I think there are two that, that come to mind. First is think global and act local, which is something that you know you may have heard before. But I think every marketer, every um, anyone who is in the business world, right? We need to not be confined by our uh, short-term vision or or short-term view, right? We have to really pay attention to what's happening everywhere in the world and be, have an open mindset and think about how can we, whatever business you have, whatever industry you're in, think about how can I actually take my business outside of my local country? How can I actually dream bigger? How can I make this bigger? How can I reach more consumers who are beyond you know, my, my own border, right? Because the truth is that there are many archetypes of consumers everywhere in the world, and they are typically repeated in every single country. So, whatever consumer you consumers you're going after as a business in your own country, you will find multipliers of these consumers outside in other parts of the world as well. So, my favorite question lately is: whatever what with whatever I'm doing or thinking, I'm constantly asking myself. How can it be bigger? How can it be better? Because when you keep pushing, if you ask yourself that like five times, you will come up with a bigger answer and a better answer. You can only gain from asking this question. So yes, yeah, so the first one is really about thinking global. And then the second one is really about partnership. I think that we cannot be a, you know, be a master in everything. And there are many, many brilliant people out there in this world. Uh, whether it is people you want to work with, co-find co companies together or uh, partner together as, um, you know, as company uh, vendors, etc. Right. So I think um, for me, the second tool that I would say is get there faster together with uh, complementary partners who can actually, you know, help help you walk on this journey um, together. Because if you go by yourself, you'll definitely go slower. So partnership is key. Um, find the right partners to help supplement, you know, what you don't know or what you don't have. Now, with cross-border activities and innovations taking center stage in this ever-evolving world, we were delighted to be able to welcome Herbert Vong Pusanachai to the podcast earlier this year. He is the managing director of DHL Express International Thailand and the head of Indochina. Herbert has been instrumental in steering the strategic growth and managing the overall operations for DHL Express in these areas. And being at the heart of the action, it was really great to be able to hear what he thinks around the future of trading, especially when it comes to product deliveries and efficiency when it comes to ever-evolving, ever-changing customer needs. There are many things that will affect the way in which we trade. We believe in free trade. However, with the current geopolitical uh, environment, we see that there's a shift happening around the world in terms of where we source material, where we produce material, where we assemble products. As this change, the global supply chain will shift and change. And, and so this, it will, be, it will be gradual and it will be sudden because gradual because people have to build out stuff. But once it starts, you know, the momentum will build and it will become very quick uh, in terms of um, sourcing out where do you source your raw materials, where do you 
assemble them, where do you fabricate them, and where do you assemble them and distribute. This creates a whole change in the way in which companies like us do the last mile. We do the final distribution, those products, and we do the transfer of, of those raw materials. As they ship, we have to shift with them. The technology that will help this, there are many. One of them, you know, we, we've been working on what is now called AI. AI has been around a long time. I studied AI in school, right? So I'm, I'm a computer scientist by training. So, so we studied neural networks since I was, that was in the 1990s. But today, we've, we've used machine learning for a long time to create machine learnable data uh, uh, information that allows us to make decisions in terms of how do we build our routes so that our couriers can have the most efficient route that they run and they know which should be their first stop, which should be their last stop. How do they create the most efficient and most effective way of providing the best service? And also our call center moved towards, you know, the large call centers that we have around the world. We speak the local language. Every country has its own call center because we believe in our local people talking to local customers. So we, we are now seeing a shift from, from phones, talking on the phone, to chat and emails. In the early days, we even used telex. I, I, I think we were, it was before you were born. Uh, telexes uh, used to be fax machines. Then we moved to fax. Now we're, we're in the age where it's chat and email. Now, a lot of AI, especially in large language models, can help create an environment where customers can interact with large language models to give uh, very quick answers to some of the frequently asked questions. So AI will aid in that respect with natural language responses to customers. And then when it gets uh, a bit more complicated or customized, that is beyond what the, the chat engine can do, or pass on to a human being, and then we, we can chat. So we're now creating call centers that are both online and on the phone. That's normal now right, in most countries. And, and that team, I think over time, it will shift more and more towards online because now, you know, moms trying to call their kids, they don't yell anymore. They send, they send a message, then the kids come down to eat. Right? They, they don't respond if you yell at them, but they'll respond if you chat at them. So that's where we're going. And finally, we are heading to Sydney, Australia to speak to the one and only Jay Hera. Jay has spent the last 17 years working with global giants such as IBM, KPMG, Salesforce, EY and many more. And what he has done is he has helped them get closer to their customers and grow by protecting their data and enhancing their cyber resilience. He is now the founder and executive director of Make Cyber Simple, a nonprofit that aims to support small and medium businesses in their efforts to get the basics right when it comes to cyber hygiene. Now, describing cybersecurity as an ever-evolving puzzle, we asked Jay what he thinks is coming down the line for emerging trends. We looked at wearable devices, we looked at AI and machine learning and what role they'll play, but we also looked at the onus being on individuals and organisations potentially helping individuals as they move forward in protecting themselves at home and in work. So have a listen and see what he had to say. I'm going to take the liberty to continue our focus on security. Our dependency on IoT devices has grown at an exponential sort of pace. These devices range from smart wearables that each one of us is wearing, home appliances, cars, 
building alarm systems, fire alarm systems, etc. And while these connected devices and sensors that are deployed throughout our houses are actually improving the way in which we operate, they're improving our lives every day. But there are all these doors and windows into our homes that need to be secured appropriately to avoid them from turning into a gateway into accessing our network. There aren't really any standards enforced on manufacturers to ship them with passwords or to require the user to set their own passwords. However, there is a hope that there is a labeling standard likely to be rolled out in the US that provide consumers of these IoT devices with information on what are the potential security threats posed by these devices, at least that warns them on if you're connecting a lot of these things into your homes, they're listening to you, they're capturing your moments, and they are also opening doors to your network, to your homes. Now, that's one of the trends. The other one is um, OpenAI's conversational model chat GPT attracted millions of users in 2022, triggering nationwide debates on the opportunities and risks of AI. ML and AI will continue growing in importance into the future and will play an increasingly important role in cybersecurity as well. The applications of ML and AI could range from recognizing patterns that indicate threat threats, could indicate uh, identification of high-value assets for organizations, could actually help organizations identify which asset is storing sensitive data and what's the criticality of an asset to the business. It could also help determine the level of exposure based on the control gaps identified on the critical system. So I think that's the second one to watch out uh, for. The last one is going to be quantum computing with its potential to increase computational performance promises to be the future of computing. The most commonly talked about threat, because as soon as we start talking about advantages of what a technology brings, straight away we get into, okay, what are the threats? Let's talk about, you know, you know, the risk versus sort of opportunity sort of thing. So the most commonly talked about threat of quantum computing is the potential to break all of the industry standard encryption algorithms that we use today. So there you have it. I think those are the top three sort of emerging Trends worth keeping a close eye on. Now, and that is it from us. We hope you enjoyed those emerging trends from our leaders from across this season of Commerce Talk. If you have any emerging trends that you are also keeping a close eye on for 2024 or beyond, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us over on LinkedIn. We are Smart OSC. This is Commerce Talk. I am your host, Aziz O'Byrne. Until next time, we'll see you then.